Welcome to the Classic Holdup Podcast, where we analyze media from the past. Each episode features a different host that brings a fresh take on a film, TV show, video game, or music album of their choice. What can we discover? Do old favorites have a shelf life? Will the classics hold up? Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Classic Holdup episode. My name is Kat Keeley, and I am a student at Michigan State University, and I'm studying to get my bachelor's in media and information and my master's in journalism. Also, I am the photo coordinator at Impact A9FM, and soon you'll know that I am a Beetlejuice fan as well. But so to get into it, let me tell you a little bit about the story of Beetlejuice. Basically, there is a young couple, Barbara and Adam Maitland, they move into a home, which is very exciting. But that excitement unfortunately doesn't last too long. They both are driving one day, crash, and their car falls into a river. After that incident, they go back home and realize that something strange is going on. Sooner than later, they realize they died in that car crash. But how are they alive? What's going on? They find out that they are stuck at their house. Anytime they try to leave, it leads to more problems. Not only is that an issue, but another family is trying to move into their home as well. They are restructuring their whole house and essentially destroying their home. They eventually find the handbook for the recently deceased, which leads them to the waiting room for dead people. There they find their caseworker and are told that they need to try to scare the family that's moving in. Their efforts fail and they start to lose hope. Although one of the new residents, Lydia, the new couple's stepdaughter, can see and hear them. The deceased couple are relieved. It gives them hope, but Lydia even tells them that they need to step up their scaring game. Despite that, they get along. Sooner than later, Beetlejuice's act comes on their TV one day. He mentions how he can get rid of people that are trying to move into your living space. All they have to do is say his name three times. Since a couple struggle to scare the new family themselves, they say his name three times. After their encounter with him, they realize Beetlejuice's ways lead to no good. They are stuck with trying to figure out what to do next. Death is harder than it seems. Okay, so that's a little bit about the story of Beetlejuice. And for me, the reason why I'm talking about it is because I loved Beetlejuice as a kid. I still love it today, especially because it's like a, like has a Halloween feel to it. And Halloween is my favorite holiday. I have always wanted to dress up as like a female Beetlejuice. The only thing is there's, there's a lot of makeup and I don't think I'm ready yet. But also I love Beetlejuice because it is a Tim Burton movie. I love Tim Burton. He's done a lot of other Halloween-ish movies too, like Coraline, which I also love. And also just the concept of what happens to you after you die. And I just love how there's a waiting room and there's still more life left to live. Plus Beetlejuice is just entertaining throughout the whole movie. And this is just a random thing I also want to add. I remember years ago, my Nana wanted to give me this Beetlejuice doll, 1989 Warner Brothers Beetlejuice doll, like an original with the string and you'd pull it and it would talk and she gave it to me. I couldn't believe it. She had no idea who Beetlejuice was. She just thought it was a interesting looking doll and she knew I liked it. So she just gave it to me and that was, that was everything. I still have it, but you know where it is right now, I don't know, but I do still have it. 
Also, I've always loved Winona Ryder. She's in the movie. She's Lydia. I think she's so cool. Her character reminds me of my sister when we were growing up. My sister wore dark clothes and such. Plus, she's played in other movies that I love, like Edward Scissorhands, Mr. Deeds, and today she's in Stranger Things as Joyce Byers. And then Catherine O'Hara is in it too. She was Kevin's mom in Home Alone and also is one of my favorite TV shows, Schitt's Creek. And of course, Michael Keaton as Beetlejuice, which she had a great voice for the role. I could go on and on, but we're going to take a short break. When we get back, I'll introduce you to my guest today, who also has seen Beetlejuice, and will give you their thoughts on it as well. We are back. Today I have with us a guest, someone who has also seen Beetlejuice, and with me here is... Theo. <laughs> yeah, Theo, <laughs> yeah. You can introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Theo. I'm a sophomore at Michigan State. I'm studying political theory. Cool. So, we have both seen Beetlejuice. I've seen it and loved it. I don't know, like what are your first initial thoughts on Beetlejuice? Going into it, I had seen it when I was really little, when I was like seven or eight, and I watched it a whole bunch of times, and every time I was just terrified of the whole thing. I don't know why I found it like to be so scary. And then going into it, I thought it was going to be like really spooky, and then it just wasn't. I mean, it was, it had like horror elements for sure, but it was a lot different than I remembered. So, wow. I guess for me, I did not feel that way, <laughs> but that is funny. I never seen heard someone like that. But so... Now we can talk a little bit about how the movie was viewed when it was released. And so actually I looked up and it was released on March 30th, 1988, which March 30th was just a couple days ago, which is kind of wild. I mean, it's 85% Rotten Tomatoes. The budget of the film was $15 million and the gross came to about $74 million, which is pretty, pretty good. Other than that, do you have any other things you want to add on? how it was released well i think it was like one of the first big movies that tim burton did i think the next year he does batman Mm. so i'm not sure if like this played into it like this the success of this movie played into him being picked up as the director for batman Mm -hmm. and then uh michael keaton was obviously the Mm. batman in those movies oh yeah that's a good point with tim uh with tim burton and i think our jack nicholson played the joker so those were really famous with big big time actors so i didn't know if like the success of this was like kind of why he, he got picked up to do the Batman, but I just thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even put those two together. I think Pee Wee Herman's like the big adventure thing was Tim Burton's first breakthrough, but honestly, this was the big one, especially because of all the different Halloween-ish movies he's done. So yeah, for yeah sure. I agree. Okay, so let's get into also like how do we think the content is viewed now, Beetlejuice? You know, do people like it like they did when it released? Or do you think that that's not that great? <laughs> I think for, like, my parents' generation, it was, it came out when they were kids. Mm-hmm. So going back to it is probably nostalgic for them. But then even just people watching it for the first time like I did when I was seven. Obviously, it was way after it came out, but it still almost feels nostalgic of my childhood. Just because it's kind of like a first kids movie that's not a kids movie that you can kind of watch. 
Mm-hmm. I actually had noticed that. It's rated PG, but there's two mm-hmm. F-bombs in the movie, so I thought that was that was kind of funny. Yeah. But that, that was a little different. But overall, now, I think that it holds up pretty well as a movie. But there's obviously tons of pop culture references with the, the saying Beetlejuice three times or just like that that iconic image of Beetlejuice and that old school prisoner jumpsuit that he wears at, at one point. So, I mean, he, he's a pretty iconic character, I think. Yeah, I didn't, I guess I didn't realize it was PG, like rated PG. I mean, back then, I think the times were a little bit different, but I didn't even put that together even. I mean, my mom let me watch basically anything, so <laughs> now that I think about it, Tim Burton, I feel like a lot of his like PG movies seem have some adult, you know, content along with the kid-like theme as well. Also, to go along with how it's looked back upon, I honestly wasn't, like, I was like, oh wait, Alec Baldwin was in it? And even though I hate to bring him up, I think that is something I should probably bring up. But yes, he was in it at the time. And I mean, a lot of people didn't really, the friends I talked to were like, oh wait, that's him that's in the movie? And I mean, he looks different now, but I still think, you know, for it being Tim Burton's breakout movie, that is what matters. And I don't really, you know, I think the story itself is good, and I think that's how other people look back upon it. It's just the story itself. Let's talk about, like, if it was released today, how do we think it'd do? I, I kind of feel like the casting of Alec Baldwin, I think you mentioned, but mm-hmm. that kind of made sense. It was just this, like, 30-something couple or whatever. I don't know if they're newlyweds in the movie, but mm-hmm. the person, who does Alec Baldwin play? I can't remember. Oh, he's a, he's a husband. Yeah, Adam and Barbara Maitland. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think you can pretty much cast whoever you want in that role. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I could very well see someone like Adam Driver or something playing that role, you know? Oh, yeah, that's actually, that'd be really neat to see. But then I think in certain areas it would have to be updated. Some of the some of the practical effects are pretty cool, and it kind of feels more like it's cool because it was made in 1988, but I don't know if it would be cool if it was made now. Yeah. Um, there's, like, some cool stop-motion stuff that goes on that he kind of, like, intertwines with it, mm-hmm. which I kind of enjoy. I mean, it feels very much like a tim burton movie so you can't really you can't go wrong with it i suppose but in in the context of this movie i don't know if you can go super wrong i know that there is talk of a beetlejuice 2 Mm -hmm. for 2025 i -hmm. think uh brad pitt's production company plan b which is a Mm -hmm. they've made some pretty good movies signed on to it recently but i i do think that it's pretty short movie Mm -hmm. it's only a what is it, hour 30? Yeah. Which is about as short as a movie can be. <laughs> but I kind of think that the script could use a little bit of tightening in some areas. It feels a little loose and plot holy towards mm-hmm. the end, but just the like insane absurdity of this movie, I can't really, I can't really complain that much just because of how insane it is. But if it was released today in this exact version, I don't think it would be as well received, but Mm-hmm. If if you took this version, updated it, gave it a little bit better of a script, maybe some like new punchier jokes or something, I think you could see a movie like this doing pretty well. Yeah, I, that's a good thing to point out too, the effects. Because in the movie at the time, like the stop motion stuff and to see what would happen today, like how they would do certain things would be interesting to see. I was also wondering, could they even make it into more of a serious movie? You know, like just like more of a creepy, like focus on that aspect more. I think you could make it as creepy as you want it to be mm-hmm. but i don't think that the movie works as well if it's take if it takes itself too seriously yeah you can make a really really scary but also ridiculously absurd movie yeah that's true i don't know if michael keaton plans to 
play Beetlejuice again if the, in this new one. I've heard about this new one for a long time, and I even remember the actress that plays Barbara. I was watching her. She was on The View one time. They asked her if there would be another Beetlejuice, and she had said, I don't think we could do that because, you know, the dead aren't supposed to age. And I was like, oh, come on, you know what I mean? If it were a sequel, I don't know how it would be, but if they included, like, Winona Ryder, that'd be awesome, and Catherine O'Hara. And I think those people have helped it hold up, especially, like, I've mentioned the projects that they work on today. Even Michael Keaton, like, he was in Spider-Man Homecoming. It just would be interesting to see, I guess, a new rendition of Beetlejuice as well. I agree with you, though. They probably would have to... I don't know, some of Beetlejuice's humor is a little raunchy, and I'm not sure if that'll be received well by some people. But oh, I thought you could have gone, I think they can go even farther. He's supposed to be this, like, awful demon. Yeah. I think you can just go for it with that, with just specifically that character. I think some, what, what the other characters are doing has to be maybe toned down or punched up in, like, certain areas, but Beetlejuice, I think you can just have unlimited fun writing that character. If they did make it, it'd be cool if it was PG-13 or something. So, you know, it's like more freedom to do whatever. And I do agree with you. It would be cool to just have Beetlejuice have his freedom, his character. I'm just saying I don't know if there will be some people that complain about it or whatever. But again, it is what it is, I think, personally. So let's go into also how do we think the content may be perceived in the future? What do you think? Well, I think that like every time you show a new generation this movie, like I said, I, I mean, it technically, I suppose, can be qualified as a, as a kid's movie. I think if kids keep watching it and keep enjoying it, because it is like, it is pretty funny, it is pretty ridiculous, I, I think that it'll continue to be watched by a lot of people in the future. I do think that the more CGI looks really good, it's getting better and better, that you can definitely tell that it's a it's a dated movie, but... I can understand that, you know. And, and that's the same thing with other movies, though. You can tell Star Wars is a dated movie in some spots. Even a movie like Lord of the Rings or something, which is not even 20 years old. Well, I guess it's 20 years old now. But those movies get dated slowly, but it happens. And I think that this eventually will become very, very dated. But I still think it'll be a fun movie to look back on for a lot of people. Yeah, I know that that's kind of like a deal breaker for some people, like 80s movies, 90s, or, you know, just older movies because of the way it looks. And personally, for me, that doesn't really matter that much because, I mean, I love older movies like Back to the Future and, geez, The Goonies, Gremlin, like Beetlejuice, especially just because stuff back then I feel like was... It wasn't all effects, like there were some th real things that they were using, but granted, it doesn't mean I don't like newer things today. Like, I love the movies that come out today as well. But with this movie, I also think it'll, you know, future generations will still like it. I mean, there's just a lot of pop culture references. There's an artist named Anita who recently came out with a music video and she had a lot of references to Beetlejuice recently. I thought that was really cool. Like she wore the red dress that uh, Winona Ryder wore and the groom wore that burgundy suit that Beetlejuice wore, even nailed the hair. It was, it was really neat to see. And there are a lot of stores today like Hot Topic, which is not sponsored sponsored by the way but there are stores like that they'll have different Beetlejuice merchandise like the handbook for the recently deceased backpacked and I have been tempted to get one of those because it just looks really cool and I've always loved that little booklet and I always wanted one from the movie but I think the future generations will overall like the story of it you know despite maybe the effects that they used at the time some people may or may not like it but 
I think. Even with the effects, though, I mm-hmm. think that they can look really goofy if it's done incorrectly today. Sometimes you watch a movie like with modern computer generation and it just looks ridiculous. And I think that this is allowed to look. There, there's one moment where it's pretty. It's very clear that they're using a mask for the characters when they're trying to scare the house guests. But the masks look insane. They look ridiculous. You can tell what they are. But it's just fun. Mm-hmm. I think that if you were to do that in a CGI way, if it was done poorly, then it would just look stupid. And then mm-hmm. it, it, like, it wouldn't be funny. It wouldn't be anything because then you're like, well, it doesn't look good. Yeah. But if you do it in like an interesting, cool way, you could make it like genuinely scary. And that would be kind of cool if you were to do it again. Yeah. And I think, you know, if people can appreciate what the movie is, then it'll be it'll be something that the future, I think, looks kindly on. Yeah, I agree with that, too. Like, the costumes alone, because there's this part in the movie where the couple are, like, they're trying to scare the family out of the house, and they're able to do this weird thing with their faces. It's just kind of out there. I mean, they're dead, so they can pretty much do anything like that, but they make their faces look really scary and out there, and I've seen people do Halloween costumes based off that look. Or, like I said, there have been people who do female Beetlejuice costumes, or they try to look like Winona Ryder's character. There's just a lot. Even the, the costumes alone, the characters help it hold up as well. And I think future generations will be even more creative with those looks in the future. But so now we're just going to take a little short break. And when we come back, we'll do a little Q&A and talk about our favorite moments and least favorite moments of the movie. So stick around. My name is Kaylee. My name is Parker. My name is Andrew Justice. When I complete my degree, I want to be a documentary filmmaker. I want to work in broadcasting. I want to work as an editor or somewhere in audio production. My name is Kaylee. My name is Parker. My name is Andrew Justice. And And I I am ComArtSci. Start your journey at comartsi.msu.edu. And we're back with more Beetlejuice content. Kat, what was your favorite moment in this movie? Oh, geez. Well, what was my favorite moment? There are a lot of favorite moments, honestly. The first one that comes to mind, I remember, so I watched this movie when I was pretty young, probably like, oh, seven or eight, I think. And there was this one part in the movie where Beetlejuice, well, basically the couple meet him for the first time and they're getting to know him and then they end up just leaving because they didn't want to work with him. And he says something, he swears and says something. And every time I was little, in any movie, anytime someone would swear, I would laugh my head off. <laughs> and my mom would always try to skip that part of the movie, like skip it really quick so I didn't hear it. But that was just always my favorite moment. But there are other things as well. Like there's this one part, Beetlejuice says, what do you think of this? And then these weird things are like flying out of his face. And you see the couple's reaction. They scream and you hear Beetlejuice make this weird noise and it's like done in two seconds and it's so funny and then he's like you like it and it was just so funny I love that part because it's just so quick and then you know they spent like three days making that one shot really or something like that you know all those like two second little bits just take forever because they did a lot of them like pretty practically as well I guess yeah that's a good point I guess yeah one of my favorite moments and then just other things I was just gonna mention were just like the little details of things like when they they had a piece of chalk and they drew a door 
and then it opens like a door or even the little town model they got to go inside it they shrunk down and the way the fake grass looked or just stuff like that i really loved honestly what about you theo what were some of your favorite mo moments of the film i'm surprised you didn't bring this up but one of the funniest scenes for me just one of the best is the couple adam and barbara maitland they're trying to scare the people once again and this time they decide it's going to be terrifying if we possess them all and make them sing harry belafonte deo which is the what is that the banana boat song i don't know yeah. i think deo is the deo. the de facto title but that was just absolutely hilarious all the actors in that are just doing I mean, the choreography is super funny. It's all in sync. And, and the actors are pretty side characters, other than the, the main couple with uh, Catherine O'Hara and the... Who's the other guy? Oh, I know who you're talking about. He Jeffrey also, Jones. Yeah, but then the yeah. other two at the dinner table that they're with are just kind of side characters that I don't think are in the movie that much. Mm -hmm. And they have this massive part mm -hmm. and they're super good and they're, they're putting a lot of energy into it and it's really fun. It's just, honestly, I watched it and I was I was just smiling through the whole scene because it was... That, that's why we like movies. Yeah. Stuff like that, where it's just fun, it's goofy, and it fits well with what this movie is trying to do. Yeah, I, I was going to bring that up, but I wanted to think of other things as well. It is a like iconic scene, in my opinion, and just I bet they had a lot of fun making that scene as well. I wonder how many takes they had to do <laughs> and whatnot. Um, and also, I just really wanted to mention another one of my favorite parts was at the very end of the movie. It might be even after the credits because I don't even think it's like technically a part of the story, but Beetlejuice ends up in the waiting room and he, you have to pick a number when you're there and his number is like not even close to being picked. So he ends up switching with the person next to him and the person notices it and they pull out like this, it looks like fairy dust and they pour it on Beetlejuice's head and his head just shrinks so small. And when it's shrinking, his voice is shrinking. And I just thought it was so funny. And just like I said, the other little details of like how when they died, they had to make an appointment and they forgot. And people were like, why you forgot? to make an appointment and even there's just one comment when they're talking with their caseworker barbara tells her you know we're very unhappy and she's like what do you expect you're dead it's just <laughs> stuff like that it's like oh it's i guess it's you know true now let's talk about least favorite parts of the film do you have any least favorite I moments do before we get there though just one last uh, really yeah. good part because we haven't mentioned it yet is that danny elfman did the score for this movie and he's pretty famous he does a lot of movies and the score is fantastic. Obviously, Harry Belafonte gets a lot of credit because of the, I think two of his songs are used, but very good score from Elfman in this movie. It's very 80s. Sounds like it was from the 80s, but honestly, I can't I can't fault him. It's, it's fun. But for le least favorite moments, I mean, I can nitpick this movie to hell, but I won't because that's boring. I kind of feel like if I had to like just pick a sequence towards the end of the movie, I thought it was just like some things aren't explained super well some of the tension seems a little bit manufactured towards the end of the movie it eventually culminates i don't know if we're allowed to do spoilers on this but it's like a 30 year old movie go watch it but it essentially culminates in beetlejuice is about to marry the the teenage daughter of the couple the living couple and it's like a lot of tension towards the end of the movie and it's got a little bit like well i don't what happens if she dies like can they still not just say his name three times and then he disappears and well she's arbitrarily married to beetlejuice i mean like i don't know if there was like some blood pact that happened <laughs> afterwards so i think 
I mean, you can poke as many holes as you want, but honestly, just the amount of insane energy that I got from that whole sequence at the end, I, I can't really fault it because I don't care if there's a bunch of plot holes. It feels like I'm doing coke on crack on ecstasy, and it's just fun, honestly. It's in crazy, insane energy, and that's what you expect from a Tim Burton movie, and it's a lot of fun. And the actors do, they do a really good job. Michael Keaton finally gets, that's like, I think, his longest moment on screen. And it's consecutively kind of thing. And that's the moment where, like, Michael Keaton, for me, was just, wow. Wow. Good casting for Beetlejuice. I mean, he's good throughout the movie, but Mm. that end scene is so chaotic that if Michael Keaton wasn't doing such a good job, then I think it can be a lot worse. Yeah. And, yeah, I guess there are a lot of little holes, like, you could pick from the movie. Like, I remember there's even this, I think, yeah, it's also towards the end of it where Barbara, she... Because there's this part where when they're trying to leave their house and they realize they can't, and anytime they try to leave it, there's, like, this, like, desert that they could enter. And the husband, he was, he accidentally fell in the desert or whatever. And then when he got back in his house, he was like, you've been gone for so long. Or and it was like, what just happened? But there's, like, this weird worm creature, it's like, in the desert. And Barbara, there's one point where she's, like, riding the worm i think that was towards the end and people were like you know how is she able to do that you know so that was just another weird thing to think well it sets up that desert dimension that you can Mm -hmm. because like that's how why you can't leave the house if you're dead is that you enter this weird desert dimension that does not look very good but I don't know. The movie's pretty if, old. If that's if that's what hell's supposed to be, it doesn't. Seem I like I don't. It, I mean, yeah. I guess if that's hell, it's I'll walk through the desert forever. But in the beginning of the movie, he goes through, and she says, "Oh, you were there for two hours." And then at the end of the movie, she goes through and then saves the day instantly with mm-hmm. the snake or whatever, like the sandworm thing. Yeah. Like I don't know, is that from Dune or something? But yeah. <laughs> it was. It was just like, well, you didn't really follow your own rules. But I don't care because the snake looked cool. Right. Actors were having fun. So I mean, I've turned my least favorite moment into an actual moment yeah i mean there are so many moments i love in the film i was trying to think of different things i didn't like i mean one of the things i kind of love and hate is the fact that winona's character lydia she doesn't seem to really fit in with her parents and so this dead couple essentially kind of become like her parents they're the ones she goes to to say like oh i got an a in class and you know it's kind of like they're the parents and the thing i don't like about that is just she can't like introduce her friends to them it's just kind of hard but you know maybe she doesn't have any friends so maybe that (laughs) that doesn't know but that that thing I didn't like and also this was just something that I don't know if I'm sure if it were released today a lot of people wouldn't like it the fact that there's a moment when Winona her I always say I just say Winona sorry Lydia she wants to join them like be with them and it's like you know she kind of it's like she wants to die and I'm sure there are a lot of people that are like what how can they allow that to happen in the movie blah 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 but it's just because you know she's felt more connected with them than where she was now and I think that would have been looked down upon but I just kind of look past that I think Um, that's a moment though if it were I don't know if I'd want to see a remake of this movie but if it were to be a topic in in a second one or if it was made today if they just like what is it like remaster this movie or something or even if they just 
remake it, which I tend to frown upon because that's lazy writing Hollywood. But that's something that if you give it more levity, if you give it a little bit more gravity, then it's a little bit more interesting. It feels a little bit more serious. I don't think that the movie needs to take itself that seriously, but if you execute that tonal shift from ludicrous insanity to serious back to the ludicrous insanity, if you can execute that tonal shift well, then you can punch up that more somber, depressing moment a little bit. And I think that that would give it a little bit more punch in a movie that we might see today. But that shift in tone is very difficult to pull off. But so let's move on to, do we think a second movie would be good? Like, we've touched on this a bit already, but do we think it would be good, a second Beetlejuice? I'd want Tim Burton to do it again, just because his style is so different from a lot of directors' styles. Like I said, I don't really like when movies are just remade, unless the first movie was just bad. Like, I love the new Dune, and I don't really like the first Dune. But if this movie were to be remade, I like this movie. So I can't really see it being remade. But if a sequel, or if they were to just do like a a new Beetlejuice, but like a different kind of story with some like different twists and turns, then maybe that's interesting. I think that the idea behind it is interesting. And the Beetlejuice character is something that, like I said, I mean, you can make it hard R if you really wanted to. You could do Beetlejuice crazy scary and crazy raunchy. And that would be a movie I would watch for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. It almost makes me wonder if people would be like, well, they could do a TV show, but I think that'd be, that'd be a little I much. Don't think yeah, do I don't show. think it would I would agree. It would be awesome for Tim Burton to direct, if, you know, if they're doing another Beetlejuice movie. But at the same time, I feel like that would open a door for people saying, well, do another Edward Scissorhands, do another, remake these other great movies that he's done. And I don't know if he'd be willing to spend time on another you he know, makes a dish. lot of weird movies, though. Yeah, <laughs> but I I don't know if he would be up for it. And in that case, I don't really know if the second... I definitely would watch it because, I mean, I love the first one and it's just, you know, in my opinion, an iconic movie. But I don't know if it would be as good. It'd be great if they had Winona, like, they, they snuck in. Like, even if they didn't want to play their characters again, if they just had, like, these moments where they're in it for a second or... That's just a question, like, would Michael Keaton be Beetlejuice again? If not, who would be a good Beetlejuice? I don't know. I feel like there would be a lot of great people be Beetlejuice, but him i mean it's just like he is beetlejuice so i don't know if he'd want to do him again i mean for him it'd be fine to do because i mean all that makeup i mean it's not like there's going to be much of a different you know obviously there's going to be somewhat of a difference look wise but some of the other characters like i've said were like well we'll age and that won't look as good and but with michael keaton's character is just a lot of makeup and prosthetics and i don't know i don't know if a second movie would be as good but i definitely would watch it still But so I guess moving right along, what do we think the overall message of the movie is? I was trying to pick up on that. It's probably like, be happy where you are. You can kind of relate it to... Don't die. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) don't die. Exactly. I kind of relate it to like Lydia's character, who's not happy where she is. Catherine O'Hara, who does she play? I can't remember any of the names. She's her stepmom. Yeah, Delia Mm -hmm. Dietz. I think that she's unhappy where she is, and obviously the couple that ends up dead, they're unhappy where they are, Beetlejuice is unhappy where they are, everyone's unhappy where they are, and in the end, they kind of come around to being happy in that house and with each other, save for Beetlejuice, who is the antagonist of the movie. Little note, actually, I forgot to mention, it won Academy Award for Best Makeup and Hairstyling, so they definitely nailed that. You can add that to the favorite section, but Yeah. yeah, I think that overall that's kind of the vibe that I got from it. 
Yeah. I mean, when you say it like that, everyone was unhappy. I mean, it kind of looked, take a step back and it's like, yeah, everyone was unhappy. But, but for me, I think it was kind of hard because Beetlejuice is such a just wild movie. There are funny parts or sad parts. They're just all these different, you know, it's like an emotional roller coaster in some ways. So I was like, is there even a message? <laughs> like, but personally, I think, I don't know, like Lydia didn't seem to really fit in with her own family. Mm-hmm. And I kind of think the couple that she gets to meet, it kind of shows you that if you don't fit in where you are now, there are people out there waiting for you, which is something I could relate to, too, because I have a chosen family and whatnot, and you just have to wait. And they just treat her like their own daughter and, you know, how she should be treated, and they cared about her and support her, and I just think that's awesome. And if that's something that anyone who hates a film, (laughs) hopefully they can take that away from it at least. So now let's just discuss, does Beetlejuice, the film, hold up? What do you think, Kat? Oh, jeez. I'll make you answer first. I'm the guest. I already know your answer. I'm the guest. Okay. Honestly, I think, I mean, why not? It's funny. The idea of everything's creative. I mean, people do wonder, like, no matter what their beliefs are, whatever happens to you when you die, this movie gives you an idea of what could happen when you die. I like how people still have to make choices after they die. Like, they aren't done yet. They're not like a couch potato or anything like that. But the costumes alone hold up, like I've mentioned before, just the different looks that people can wear for Halloween. Something I was going to bring up, too, because you brought it up, how you were scared when you were a kid. That is something I did wonder if kids were to watch it was too scary and if the whole kid audience target would just turn that away. But also, like, I watched it when I was a kid and I just found it, the whole thing, to be pretty funny anyway, so I didn't mind. But so, I just think the humor alone, the looks of everything, you you know, you said it won Academy Award. I think because of that and the story itself helped it hold up. But I'm not the only one here answering this question. (laughs) What do you think, Theo? Does it hold up? I think so. I'll give it a thumb up on that one. I think horror and comedy are really, you know, opposite ends of the spectrum for a genre. And very rarely are they melded together in a fashion that's good. And this is an example where two genres that go well together when they work, and this works. A lot of good acting, good set design, good, you know, costume and makeup, and a pretty funny script. I think if it were written today, we might get some, well, hopefully funnier jokes. I like to think we're smarter now, but you can see how a movie like this could be made very terribly. I mean, it, it could be very unfunny, but I like horror and comedy put together. I don't like horror on its own, so it's got to be funny for me if I'm going to watch it. So I think, yeah, it holds up. I think you don't typically get a horror comedy movie that is overall this good. Okay, so I guess the final verdict is this 34-year-old movie, Beetlejuice, holds up. And especially if you love comedies or horror movies, as Theo brought up. You want to give it a you want to give it a grade, cat? What, what would you say? Oh, geez. Hmm. I'd say a B. Say a solid B. Okay. Yeah. I give it a B because I'm not giving it an A just because it's not like I don't know if I'd necessarily put it on just to watch. Like when I was younger, I would just put it on just to watch it. But if I were putting on to watch it now, it'd be because someone hasn't seen it or you know, like there are people in my life who are like, I've never seen Beetlejuice. I'm like, we gotta watch it, you know. But you know, people like funny movies, but there's different types of funny, and some people might not <laughs> appreciate this sense of humor. So it's you got, I gotta be in the mood for it. But so yeah, a solid B though. What about you? What do you rate it? What I rate it, I think, is more based on how 
well, I mean, I don't make movies, obviously, but how I would make a movie like this is I love that, like, super absurdist stuff, super insane, super crazy. It's so ridiculous and over the top that, it, I mean, it's just fun to watch. So, I mean, I'll give it a little bit higher. I'll, I'll give it a solid B+. Plus. Especially for 1988, I think if it's made today and it looks like this, then it's probably way lower. But if it's made today and it looks updated and modern and it's also, you know, it can really lend itself to, to even more crazy, even more nuts. I think it can be a lot of fun. But for what it is, it's a good movie. It really is. Yeah, I well, I didn't realize we we're adding plus or minuses. So I would say B plus just to say oh, that. Okay. But You're just copying me now. Okay, oh, well... Man whatever whatever but yes field juice holds up still today in 2022 so thank you for listening thank you theo for joining me today on this podcast episode with thank classic you, hold up <laughs> thank you and this podcast was produced by me kat keely and i hope you tune in next time on classic hold up and i hope you all have a great day and if you haven't seen field juice yet Go watch it. Yes. Go watch it. Yeah, what do you do? It's a classic and it holds up. That's all you need to know. Thank you for listening. Have a Roll some day. ads. <laughs>